I'll tell you what, Tiggs, if I see one more fucking thing on Megan Markle, I'm going to go straight. Megan, I'm a Megan fan. Oh, my God. He's a royal the show where the host walks straight into a setup. Uh, the the time where you say, "Okay, the intro's playing," and then CB within half a second is starts talking deliberately, just to throw me under the bus. Well done, well played, fellas. Sorry, I didn't. I've got headset issues. I didn't know the intro was playing. Yeah, I couldn't hit it. Just I thought I was muted. <laughs> How are we, fellas? Good guy, good matey. How are you? Good. I'm just glad that all three of us can get onto the one call because the last ten minutes has been an absolute nightmare with technology. We've we've had a bit of an issue, but uh, we've gotten there in the end. You know what? You know why it is? It's because I've just had the best milk coconut bath. I am that smooth. Um, I'm like a two-year-old, and I'm just literally just touching myself. And I, yeah, technology can't handle that that amount of. The sheer brilliance. The static. Yeah. Yeah, mate, that's what it is, you know. I'm, I'm the... bringing out all this smooth, you know. You know what the, um, in in the blues, you know, down south, you know, they call it the sexual feeling. That's what it is. It's just vibe. It's just a vibe. It's, the leather pants it's, Oh, I'm not going to. I'll probably reveal that later in, the, okay. uh, later in the show. Oh, there you go. That's a bit of a teaser for people wanting to know. <laughs> if, look, if you hear anything hitting the desk, then that probably answers your question. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, are we excited that round one's this weekend, fellas? It's been a long time coming. Well, maybe not really. This suppose it's a shorter break, but it feels like it's taking forever. The women's footy's been a, a good thing to watch with our girls getting a couple of wins on the board. Um, but nice to have round one upon us and the unfurling of two flags. Absolutely. Um, first of all, I'd just like to say at least two of us got on board the women's team this year, Michaels. Um, fantastic. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm very happy for the girls. Katie Brennan got through in the weekend. She's and, uh, Yep, yep, which was, which was great. And it is a magnificent time of the year. Love it. Yeah, look, myself, it's, to be honest, it's sort of caught up on me. Um, I'm still in the mode at the, the you, know, the, you know, I can't believe it's the football season is just, you know, a couple of days away. But I'm wrapped, you know what I mean? It's, it's a great, we deserve it. We've all gone through COVID hell. Um, we're now out of it, I reckon. So, um, yeah, get it back to normal as soon as possible and get into the footy. So, yeah, no, I'm stoked. Uh, either of you two going to the game? I'm not. Um, like I sort of said last show, thank you for paying attention to me, Michaels. Um, obviously, you know, you must have been reading a book as I was speaking last podcast. But, no, I'm not. I've got too many of my family can, are going to miss out. So um, we're all going to have a barbecue um, late afternoon and then we're going to watch it. I am, can you believe, I haven't seen my boss in the flesh in, I would say, since COVID. And can you believe he books in a meeting with me to go meet a couple of clients and it's on the day the tickets go on sale and I'm just like, F my <laughs> life. I couldn't believe it, right? So I'll be, when the tickets go on sale, I'll actually be having a um, lunch with a couple of clients. But uh, my bathroom, beautiful... It's a bathroom break. The, the wonderful Mrs. Blood... I have given her my emails, and we're going to run the gauntlet. She, well, she's at work. She's going to try and get me a couple of tickets for me and one of my boys. So oh, we'll good. have a crack. And if we don't get there, we don't get there. If we do, fantastic. No, it's been nice to see your crowd there. So hopefully you can secure some tickets. I'll be uh, watching at home as well with the family. So just looking forward to yeah, seeing some footy action. All right, we'll get stuck into it. The first topic 
probably caught, oh, definitely caught us three by surprise and probably a lot of other Richmond people as well. But Derek Egmolesi Smith has secured the spot on the list um, and literally happened the day after we said we, he was probably no chance to get it. So that doesn't look good for us. But what are your thoughts on that, fellas? I know he probably played the most games in the, the lead up to the selection, but um, it just seemed like we had that role filled. But does that maybe speak a bit more about uh, Basher kind of winding, winding up the year, potentially CB? Um, all I'll say on this, and I was reminded of my call by a couple of people on Twitter, um, I'm going to give myself the Mark Williams 2004 spray. I'm currently got the necktie raised, and I'm saying, Captain Blood, you were wrong. Look on my thoughts. Um, I'm not going to go to the CB route. Um, people giving you that feedback are just completely ignorant. Um, CB, I'm only kidding, guys. On Twitter, don't flame me. But no, seriously, I think it's a miss. It, like, and I'll explain why. Derek has major weaknesses. He's got no right side. As soon as they get onto his, he force him from his off his left boot. He gets caught either by hand or by foot. And I'll stand by that, and, and I'm right in saying that. If he's worked on it in the off-season, and from what I've seen, I have not seen any evidence of that, I'll stand corrected. I think he's gotten the, the nod over uh, – I'm really spewing him for green, right, in particular. But I think he got the nod. The main reason is, is that he went to the hub last year. He's been on the list for a while. He's really good. Um, he's a good clubman. Um and with the new rule changes, it's, um, we're banking on now it's a running game. And one thing Derek can do, he can run and he's got a tank. So they've gone, okay, he's a known quantity. We know what we'll get from him. Maybe on the wing, uh, playing high, high halfback, um, it can mask some of his major glaring weaknesses. Um, and they've gone the safes option. Um, that Look, I'm not upset by it. I'm not, I'm not going to you know, hit the dog over it, but... It's, it surprised me a bit because Richmond normally, uh, one of our keys of our success is not playing safe. And this was a safe pick. We've always been, like when we got picket and, and stack, we've been brave. I don't see any bravery in this decision. But, you know, I welcome Derek with open arms. I want to let everyone clearly know I'm not hating on the decision. I was, um, in a, I know it sounds like I am, but I, I, you know, Derek, I'll support him 150%. You know, he's a Richmond, yeah. Richmond man. But at the end of the day, I reckon we missed a, uh, missed a go on that. Um, but, you know, the future will see who's right. So I'm not going to go as early as you see, but I'm going to wait till the season's over. And then I'm going to oh, say, I, okay. I agree. I agree with everything you've said, if I'm honest with you, mate. Like I said, I, I was pretty disappointed with it in a way. I think he's got some serious deficiencies, but you know what? He's on the list. Let's support him. We'll get behind him. And look, at the end of the day, that's the last list spot, right? You, you don't expect an outright gun, right? And I get that. I'm, so I'm present to that fact. But at the end of the day, his opposition coaches have shown they know his glaring weakness. So it'll be interesting to see how we're going to work him. If we've got a separate plan that, look, we've had players that were absolutely Schizenhausen and we've changed their roles and they became brilliant. So at the role that they've been given. So let's see if the coach... Um, has got a surprise or two in store for Derek. Yeah, well, he's still a Richmond man and will always back to Richmond yeah, man all 100%. the way. So all the best, Derek, and hopefully, yeah, just work on the things you've got to work on and no doubt you'll make the most of the opportunities if presented. Uh, the skipper, Trent Cochin, revealed, uh, well, last week, I think it was, that this year may be his last year as captain, uh, which I don't think is really a surprise to many people. Ah, I mean, to be fair, his career as a, a whole is obviously coming to an end, which none of us want to happen, but we have to speak about it because it's a real thing. 
but then the question starts coming up and I put it on, on Twitter and there's a lot of answers on there. And it was great to get everyone's feedback too, by the way. Um, if Trent hands over the captaincy at the end of this year, who do you think is in line to get that gig CB? You know, it's funny. I, I was for Dylan Grimes, but then I was hit by inspiration. And I did remember that this gentleman has captained the club for a game before. So uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Dusty get it, if I'm honest with you. Ooh. And he has captained the club on a game. Okay. So you know what? I'm, uh, I'll am i go against the flows. I think 99% of people will say Vlosten or Grimes. I see. I'm, I saying, I'm saying Dusty. Is there a risk that it could hamper him not being able to focus on just doing what he does best? Like, he leads by example. He's a leader anyway without having to have the title. Is there an element of risk to that? No, nah, he's a superstar. He's Can a bona fide gun. He's too professional. Yeah, and I'll elaborate, gets it. I'll elaborate more than that, though. He, yeah, he's a superstar, but it's deeper than that. He communicates a heck of a lot. It got shown, particularly in the grand final, obviously the, the players have mentioned it, but he often during games will grab players, you know, if we're behind, you know, to, to get them motivated, you know. You know, he does it when he kicks like a clutch goal. He'll bang his chest, bang the jumper. Um, and get really hyper-aggressive, you, you, you would notice that. And just look through his games. We're in that position where we're making a momentum change or momentum's against us, and he gets that play or gets we get that goal. You see his reaction, and that... So that's a captain-type trait. And I, yeah, I, I thought of that too, CB. I, um, you know, that's a superb choice. If it wasn't going to be Grimes... Oh, look, I'd be more than happy for Dusty. He's an inspirational captain. He's a... All right, boys, hop on my back. Type yep. leader, I would think. But he's, um, from what I know, and I've got a bit of inside knowledge on how he is as a bloke. He's very much, um, he gets involved with, you know, you're a first-year player or you've been on the list for 10 years. It doesn't matter to him. And that trait is a common denominator with every great captain. So I could see him doing the role. I don't think it would worry him um, because he'd be a captain and he wouldn't change the way he is. You know, the captain C on his um, over his head, he wouldn't care about. He, not that he wouldn't care about it, but it won't change the method of play or how he plays. So I don't think being a captain will overall him. And 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 public appearances would be an issue, but I reckon he would more just hand it over to his vice captain to do right. it. You know, Which at the end of the day, that's not uncommon for us to do that anyway. Now, yeah, and Cochin basically does it. Um, has been doing it obviously because some external issues too, but. Yeah, with Trent Cotchin retiring, it's no surprise. Even two years ago, I was mentioning, look, it's highly likely that he'll probably let it go. Um, and um, he's a funny cat. Koch, he's done everything. The team's done everyone. He feels the team's at the journey. He's leave, he will leave them in a good space to go to the next level. And um, But again, you know, we win another flag. Who knows? He might stay on. But I think he understands there might be a succession. We need to have a succession. Um because our window's open for the next four years, and he's not going to be, you know, playing in four years' time. So, um, look, Grimes would be superb. Loston, I reckon he's a bit too quiet. I still got, I still like if I had an um, outside looking in, I wouldn't mind someone either like Edwards for a year or two, or Asprey. Um, either of those two, Asprey, Edwards, or Martin would, would do a sensational job. We're kind of sport for choice a little bit, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Nice. <laughs> because we've got leaders across every line. And people you know throughout I mean? on Twitter, um, Lynch as well, obviously, he captained the Suns and has, has got that presence and mongrel about him, mm. uh, which could be a candidate. Jack Rain was another popular choice by people. Um, 
What about Rewald? Yeah. Are we selling him short? Um, yeah, well, I mean, there's no reason why he couldn't. I mean, he's definitely matured as a person, as a player, a heck of a lot. And uh, he's been a huge part of the transformation of the club. It just depends on if they want to buy a year or two by giving it to a more experienced player, waiting for someone like a Jack Graham to just develop and mature a bit more, I guess. What do you reckon of this idea, getting a senior captain and having an understudy? Like, so co-captain, but getting someone like, for example... Uh, so let's say Cochin gives it up, right? So we get... Jack Rewalt, reward him because he's been vice-captain now for a few years. So Jack steps up, um, but he's only got a few years left, and we also nominate Graham. We, we've identified or lost it or someone that we've identified is going to be our captain for the next five years um, as co-captain. So sort of gets I, that leading. I think it's questionable whether Jack would go on beyond a year. I think it's sort of gone beyond. I know what you're saying. But I would have a more of a medium to long term view with my next captain. Yeah, but you can still have that. What I mean is, he's like he's sheltering the new captain. He's sort of teaching the new captain on the job as they both do the role. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but oh, I don't know if he'll go on beyond this year. Okay, he, he might have one more year in him after. This I reckon year. he's got one more year. Yeah, I reckon he wants yeah. he wants to play one two more years. That's I know that as fact. Yeah, he wants to yeah. play one or two more years. Yeah, if he's still playing well, if his body allows him, yeah, he's at the right too. So. Yeah, of course he has. I'll be interested to see where we go with that one. Um, sorry, I had to cough. <laughs> uh, the, the AFL this week have come out, and I find this staggering a, a few days before the opening round that they're talking about changing a rule, introducing something new. But anyway, here we are. Uh, floating having a 23rd man as a concussion sub. I personally like this, despite the lateness of them bringing this to the table. Um, I think it's a, a good concept but there has to be really strict parameters around it where people say teams can't abuse the the 23rd man. So if someone was to come off, for example, under the concussion rule, I, I dare say they would mandatory have to miss the next week regardless. So you can't just sort of chop and change and bring people on and off. Um, but I think I actually do like it as a as an idea. And if they bring it in, um, I, I can't see any teams being against it. But what do you blokes think of that one? I think it's common sense. I'm a yes. Yeah, I'm exactly like CB. Good decisions, common sense decisions generally get done quickly, and this is just common sense. What always shitted me is that we always are forced to name four emergencies, right? Always. Um, and four's a large number, and rarely you might get someone injured pre-game and you replace one. Rarely do you have to replace two, you know, the pre-game injury. So, um, but we always have to choose four. So... This this it gives that a bit of um, weight. Now you choose a ruckman, a defender, a midfielder, and a backman, so one of each slot. Um, they get yes, it means people sitting on the pine or sitting in the stands. But at the end of the day, it's the health and well-being of the player that's been hurt, which just, is really important, and I it balances it, the contest. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing it'll do is it will stop forcing coaches to ask their medicos if they can somehow get this player yeah. back on. Like, yeah, there won't be on. that temptation. And it, it is, it's putting the player's health and safety first. And only good things can come from that. So oh, I really hope they get it over the line. Um, it's well, just, it's yeah, done. It's, it's, it's got... done. Apparently, it's definitely going to be announced tomorrow. Oh, What's good. good about it, it's solely for, it's solely for um, you know, you've got to be concussed. But then I heard it might evolve to if it's like a broken leg. See, what my worry is, because fucking typical AFL, if it's black and white, so it's concussion only, I'll be all for this rule, right? 100%. It 
even like for example the um, um there was an example brought up about you know brad ebert when he did his concussion very late in the day we're all exhausted everyone around's exhausted get a fresh person in and that might have got port the win but my counter argument to that is that person is going to be coming into a game that he's got no touch on and might make more mistakes than he actually helps. So it can go either way. But I'm happy to wear that, right? But if the AFL does what fucking Gillam McLaughlin and Hawking will do, they will broaden it so it becomes generalised. They might even fucking evolve this too if it's a, um, a major medical injury. So if a player breaks his leg, then you can call another sub in. If they do that, it I won't be for it because... Then it comes down to the definition is what is a major injury? Yeah, you know, they, the they need to leave it as a as a concussion, and I think concussion it needs to only. be it needs to be an impartial doctor that reviews it and makes the call as well. I don't think they That's should be it. leaving it up to the club medical staff because there is the temptation to swing it one way or another if they have to. Yeah, because you might have a player who does a hamstring right um, and he's pinged it. Um, he he, and, and let's say they have this option to sub him if it's like a, a major injury. So they could say, oh, it's a, it's a suspected broken leg. Right? Yeah, so how do you prove has, that one way or another? How do you prove it? How do you yeah. prove that the doctor's a liar? They'll never go down that route, right? But teams will do it. 100% they'll do it. So for concussion, because see, concussion's different. Concussion, you can see the impact, right? Yeah. So you can see when a player does the wobbles and when their hands go into claws. You can't fake that stuff at the, at the second in impact, right? So we've got surety that this is it. It's a concussion. But if they, if Gillen does what Gillen does and decides to be really smart and change it and, and adds another layer that, oh, we also allow you to sub if there's a major injury, then it's just going to be a dog's breakfast. Agree. Just leave it at concussion. Common sense. Easy to tell one way or another, and that's it. Hold on. All right, it's time for blood, the Bloodbath CB. I'll play your intro. Is it James? All right, CB. Give it to us, baby. What's your Bloodbath for tonight? Rightio. So I've got a little quick point and then a little bit more, but they're both pretty quick. Rightio. So the first one, Patrick Dangerfield. Have we ever seen more excuses made up for a poor performer? Chris Scott, media affiliates, please stop. It was either good to go or it's a poor decision to play him. Either way, he's misfired in three finals against us. Please just stop making excuses for this guy. Second one, Stephen Hawking. Is it just me or is the game starting to get in a bit of a dangerous place under this person? Mm. Well, so I know we're going this, yep. So as reported in the media, Hocking introduced the stand rule as he was frustrated by Richmond's approach last season. He felt we were pushing the boundaries. Mm. So Richmond did nothing wrong or illegal, yet he felt a rule change was required. Now, I spoke to Gary and Tim this morning on SEN about it, and they were saying it was to um, speed up ball movement. But that's bullshit. We know that, right? But my point is, isn't it the coach's job to sort this stuff out and coach better? to strategize better. It's not in Hawking's domain, I would have thought. So the danger is, if you're mates with Hawking and are close to a flag and can't quite get there, is there an ability to get in his ear and influence a change that can benefit you? So the contradiction is, we the punters are told it was to increase um, speeding speeding up the game. Now we read it was born out of a way to curtail Richmond's dominance. Concerning, I'll let you guys decide out there. Yeah, no, very, it's, very good. It, yeah, it's, 
two-pronged as well. Not only do the coaches, it should be on them to get better at coaching against what we were doing, but if he's got an issue in the way it was officiated, why doesn't he address it with the umpire department? But like you said, if he weren't breaking the rule, they can't do anything about it. But that that's an extremely bad look for him, if I'm being honest. To, to blatantly come out and have that written and be accurate is alarming. Two Correct. years ago, two years ago, people said I had my tinfoil hat on when they did the 6-6 rule. And I said to it, Hawking's done it to fuck Richmond, right? Oh, my, Michael, Tiger 71, you're full of your tinfoil hat. That's justified it. I guaranteed they changed the 6-6, put the 6-6 into fuckers, and they admitted it because of our formation at the start of the centre bounce was screwing sides. Yeah, I've got people off the back of the square. And I think yeah. Melbourne did it too. Yeah, so they, they, they you know, he had to change it. Um, and then, because we're a professionally run team in the sense that everyone knows their roles 100% of the time, which is unique in the competition because we have a system that that enforces that discipline um, where other teams, and we've recruited and developed and blah, 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 blah. He's decided, well, you know what, we'll try to fuck them over even further by adding this rule. But you know what, like anything that's done to target someone without great deal of work, he's fucked himself. Because this rule benefits us more than any other side. And the simple reason is we're a running side, right? And the other big reason is every player knows where to run to. So we kick to space. We kick it, we kick, we kick it forward at all times. This rule encourages sides to kick it forward. God help sides that turn the ball over against us. You'll see it Thursday. If they will stand the mark, we'll stand the mark on the inside like Baker showed. Um, they'll kick it. They'll turn it over and watch us kick a goal. Well, um, you won't even bother manning the mark, Tick. You'll just nah, sag off another five metres back. Yeah, of course That's you will. That's all you do. Or you have a defender. So it's play like on. A, yeah, yeah, like I mentioned in the other thing, we sort of did it against Collarwood. We'd have that second sweeper that's around that will just – he's really the person on the mark because he's moving, but the guy that's standing, um, he's just really guarding whatever space he needs to, but he has to stand. So – um, yeah, this, look, we've already gotten the rule. It's going to help us carve sides up. But it cannot be undersold. This will be pushed under the rug. I, I implore every Richmond supporter listening to this, every Richmond supporter on Twitter, flood your radio stations. You know, email the AFL and say, is this the first time officially an official um, – the head operations of football has officially recognised that he's changed the rule to go against a particular side? And see yeah, what they do. It's pretty damning, isn't it? It's... Hold them to account. But like you said, the, the beauty of us as a, as a club is I think we've got the right people in place to to benefit from this rule as much as we can. And yeah, like I said, we've got speed. We've got two big key forwards who are elite. We've got good crummers. So if they're going to allow us to get the ball in quicker with a more accurate kick, then that can only spell good things. And, you know, sure, teams will probably score a few more goals against us, but we've also got the best defence in the league, yeah. so we should be able to handle it okay. But, yeah, to good blood bar CB, I like that one. But you said it perfectly, you know, you've got two power forwards. Which other side just recently recruited an extra power forward? Geelong. Yeah, Hocking is as transparent and corrupt as it ever would be as an official, and I'll stand by that. He's doing everything he can to get his old side a flag. Everything. Yeah, not not the only person to say that. It's uh, starting to do the rounds quite a lot. So, but oh well, we just we just play with the cards we're dealt, and uh, we'll carry on like the professional outfit we are. All right, time for listener questions. Thank you again to everyone for sending through your questions this week. Um, I thought we thought we'd do these before the round one preview because some of it might sort of sort of flow into it. But the first one's a bit of a, a question that I'm not sure if any of us can answer. It's from Clayton Ashby. 
this is from based on the Amazon make, making their Mark doco, which I haven't seen yet, but I think you have Tiggs. I'm not sure yeah, you have seen Yeah, it's great. So yeah, it's the question great. is, who ordered the oat latte? Now, I don't understand the context of that, but you might be able to enlighten us, Tiggs. Yeah, so what it is, there's a um, – have you seen it, CB? I'm two episodes in. Okay. I won't spoil it too much, but it's in the later episode. Brendan Gale is in the, the dining area that everyone's in, and he's just handing out coffee orders to the players that have ordered coffee, and someone had ordered an oat latte. Now, they don't identify who it was. <laughs> so it's a player. It's a play. It has to be – well, it could be a player or an official, Ooh, but okay. if it had to be anyone – I reckon it's Macintosh. I was better say Camden. Yeah, I reckon it's Camden. <laughs> we love him, but that, that's a Camden yeah, thing to do, Camden I reckon. Yeah, that'd be Camden Second question is from Paul McLaren, and I'll have a crack at this one. When does mate Colin come over, and can he make an impact later this season? Thanks, lads. Uh, Paul, I, I don't think he, mate, is going to play this year. I'm pretty sure that he's still doing his basketball in Hawaii, I think it is. Uh, and he'll be coming over to join us in 2022, I believe, is uh, where that landed. So, And that was a big part of him agreeing to play for us because Collingwood also made a, a pitch to get him across. Um, but Eddie requested he give up his college and basketball on the spot to come and join the pie straight away. Whereas we said, no, no, you do your college, you do your basketball, and when you're ready, you, you come over. And that was the appeal. So I don't think it'll be this year. I think he might come here in the off-season potentially, and then hopefully we can get him into the VFL and whatnot um, for 2022. Just on that, because you haven't seen the show um, that's airing, the Amazon one, it actually shows vision of Gail and uh, Marte, um Gail giving Marte uh, rocking lessons last year. Oh, nice. um, Which was, yeah, interesting to see. Um, and it would have been by the timing, because Gail had flown back to Melbourne after being in Queensland. So it would have been around about April, May, which uh, marries up to all the reporting that was done uh, prior to choosing him. So, yeah, everything else she said was spot on. All right, this one's for CB from Lee Williamson. I would like to know is if Chris Scott is the biggest wanker in the league or do others lead him in the race? On a more serious note, with Koch stepping down as captain at the end of the year, would someone like Jack Graham be the great deputy to Koch this year to learn the ropes? Firstly, good evening, Lee. How are you? Um, if I went back to university, I reckon I could write a thesis on how big a wanker Chris Scott is. He is a subject matter I'm pretty well versed on. So yeah, he's um he's right he's right up there as the biggest wanker in the league. Um, with regard to part two, um, I I don't think I think it sort of flows into our earlier conversation. I think Jack Graham would be a great one to learn the ropes as of next year. Um, I, I look at him as a future Richmond captain, so I, I think it's a really good suggestion on Jack Graham. Um, but I just reckon he's a season away. I reckon next year, I would love to see him elevated into the leadership group to um, one day be captain of this great club. So good suggestion. All right, next one for you, Tiggs. This is from Sinbad. It's a, a two-parter. The first the first question is, <laughs> does Tiger 71 have a share in this cult? And he's linked us to a race net website with a horse named Micro. Do you have any shares in that horse, Tiggs? I'm a hearty. Oh, oh, <laughs> the bat's oh. on you had a crack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, <laughs> sorry, um, Sinbad, you know, great call, mate. Look, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't gamble, so the answer would unfortunately be no, but who's not to say I have not inspired a whole generation? I was going to say, it could be in your honour. 
You know why though? Because yeah, as you as you know, has anyone looked at the size of a horse penis? Right. So that very much, uh, you know, mirrors me. And and micro <laughs> is, you know, like just taking the piss out of that. That's how it's all started. Like, like so, calling a redhead bluey. Yeah. No. Like yeah. calling a giant. You know. Like calling a giant tiny. You yeah, know what right. I mean? Okay. Yeah. That's that's how yeah, that's how it is. So and very the, look. So Simbad, ah, a great question, but you're probably right on the money, bud. The second part of his question, from a footy perspective, is with the new rules in place, how important does Shorty become? Oh, huge. Um, like, if you just give you a picture, we just need to change his role a bit. He needs to be able to get higher up on the ground um, more consistently. Um, and, yeah, not just Shorty, Bolter as well. If you get them, let's say, um, now the, our goals are behind them, right? So when I say 60 metres, it says from our goals behind. So 60 metres away from our goal and get those two boys to launch it. It fucking go right in the right in the goal square of the oppo um, and put them under extreme pressure and allow us to set up defensively. So, um, yeah, no, it's, he's going to be huge. Players that, can, players that can use the ball and generally hit targets um, at pace are going to be worth dimes a dozen. Unfortunately, short is a great long kick. It's not a very great short kick. But um, like Dimmer has always preached, you know, he loves games that always the ball's going forward and kicking long. So, uh, yeah, he'll come right into the game, get yeah, right yeah. into it. Absolutely. The, the, like him and Bolter are almost 100 oh. players now. It's oh, crazy. Huge. Yeah, huge. Uh, next question from Tiasta. How good is Jack Graham? Jack Graham is very good. He's looking very sharp uh, based on pre-season. The Collingwood game, he's gotten a lot more definition. He hasn't got the shoulder tape. He's confident. Um, he's got a bit a bit more pace about him, and I'm re- really looking forward to seeing what his season uh, gives us, Jester. Next one for you, CB17 from Beggar Man. Mentally, Norman. <laughs> mentally, it will be hard to win again, uh, as in the Premiership. The other three top four clubs have recruited to fill needs, and they're going to be better than last year. Their improvements may be greater than ours, so on form it will be close. One percenters count. How can we be hungrier than the other three? First of all, bigger man, good evening. Um, I think what we've seen so far in this off-season, um, I think we're as focused as ever as a club. And I'll dial my inner Donald Trump here, and we are a club of winners. Um, I think if you look at the players we've got across the line, we're also a bit of a team of alphas who realise that this is a once-in-a-lifetime shot at a three-peat. So I honestly think, while other clubs are recruiting to catch us, and the only way for us, because we're at the top of the sum, is down. But I don't think it's yet. And I just reckon, as a club, we are too professional, from Peggy all the way down to the boot status, bootstrappers, to um, let this one slip. I think they all know that we are on the edge of something very, very, very special. Yeah, that's yeah, a good call. I don't know if – I can't remember which play it was that said it. It was either Jack or Trent, but they were kind of posed the same question um, and how the mentality for other clubs is to hunt us, but – our mentality is we're hunting other teams still, so they've still got that hunger and that drive. They're not just going to wait for teams to come after us. We're going to still we're going to be on the on the pounce. So I reckon they're up for it. But it's yeah, it's hard to win every year. So this year will be no different. But um, and just, hopefully, just, can go the whole way. Just quickly, if I can, um, and I'm sorry about this because I always get the trade questions. I don't really going to get any football related questions. So I'm sorry, CB, if it sounds like I always hop on to the back end of your question. But with that, you got to understand Richmond has the code H and H. Hungry and humble and hungry. Um, the reason we have that, and that's I think our theme for this year is Hardwick and the leadership, you know, Peggy, Gale and all that have done a lot of work on what's brought great teams down and it's ego. 
So that's why they're doing everything they can to be as humble, and that shows their hunger. Also, last bit, how many on our list would want to do it for their captain if it's their last year? So I reckon Cochin sort of letting this out, um, you know, is, is, is also adding an extra layer to it. So, yeah, they're definitely still hungry. Yeah, I like that. Uh, last one for you, Tiggs. Uh, from C. Kane. Who are the Tigers looking at with one of our biggest draft hands that we've had later this year with the two picks? Um, is there any free agents, oppo recruits, reserve grade players, etc.? I'm not sure we have any father sons coming through. Uh, cheers, great pod gents from C. Kane. So I know it could be limited the information you have this time of year, yeah. but have a crack C- as best you can. Yeah, C. Kane, I mentioned it last podcast. At the moment, it's pretty fluid. Um, we've got a really good, powerful draft head um, that we can target. Um, we have gone to the draft this off-season. We went to the draft really last off-season. So generally when we go in the draft two years in a row, we generally um, have a target in mind, generally in you know the third draft. So I don't think it's going to be any different. I think there will be a target. There's a couple of names floating around that we're looking at. Um, um, as I get more concrete info, I'll, I'll release it. Um, at the moment, it's just going to be pure conjecture. Anyone says he's got 100% knowing who we're after is, is, is probably full of shit. There is, um, but in saying that, I would not be surprised if we go to the draft. Having the picks that we have, this draft, everyone says it every fucking year, but this draft apparently is a, is a strong draft. Um, so, uh, because there's going to be a VFL, there's going to be you know a, a version of the VFL, we'll get to have a really good look at kids, all that sort of stuff. So, And we've got a good hand to trade up to get a higher pick. We might merge those two and go for like see if we can get a pick four or something like that. So who knows? There's a lot of water to go on the bridge. As it starts to pitch stuff to be a bit more clearer, I'll, I'll share it. Ah, very good. That's yeah. When, yeah, we'll just, we'll keep bringing the news as we can as the year goes on. Thanks again to our listeners for sending through questions this week. Much appreciated. Okay, the round one preview is upon us, fellas. We've finally come to the nitty gritty stuff. Uh, Richmond versus Carlton. It's well, how many years now is it? Ten, eleven, something like that. But We've been on top the last last handful of years, which has been nice, but they, they do come at us hard, don't they, in this round one game. They've always got a bit of spark about them, a bit of flair. They're confident from their pre-season. They've got to prove themselves to their members, and they always have a red-hot crack. And um, These games have troubled us in the past, largely because we've started six weeks after everyone, and we're not really phased by early round losses, but it's still nice to beat them. So with that being said, CB, where is this game going to be won or lost for us? Um... Well, for us, it's all about the system, isn't it? It's the sum of all parts, and we've got some superstars running amongst it. Right, we won't, we're not going to lose this one. The only way Carlton can win is if they jam our forward line. And with this new rule, good luck doing that on the turnover. So, in all honesty, um, we will win like we have the last few years uh, based on talent, because we're a more talented team, and on system. It's it, Antiques. What about you, mate? Where is it one or lost? Hey. Yeah, look, where is it won or lost? The only, the only I, I don't see us losing this game. I see the margin being you know, around about 24 points. Um, and that's solely for the fact is, is that we will bench. Once we know we've got the game under control, we will then do our rotation of our midfield to protect our um, better players. And Carlton will do what they've done for the past five, seven years. They'll look like they're coming back. Um, and still lose the game pretty handsomely. So, yeah, I don't see us losing. The only way we could lose is if Dusty does his knee, Lynch breaks his back, um, fucking a meteor hits the stadium, but even then we'll probably still win by two points. 
And I, th- I think the big difference for me this year from other years is our pre-season game was the best I've seen us play in a pre-season yeah. game for quite some time, whereas other years we were very scrappy, very rusty, and building into it. So I don't know whether the shorter turnaround time has actually helped us in some ways. Um, of course it, it is. It does give the vibe that... I know it's only a practice game, but it just really gave the vibe and the look that we are going to hit the ground running this year versus other years. And I just hope that if we do, we don't, you know do our run too early but i trust the the club know, know what they're doing given the, the last few years um the blues have obviously added some names in the off season in sard and zach williams uh williams not playing because apparently he did something similar to cochin despite the ball not being anywhere near him um, cb does sard add another dimension for them i mean i don't think he's threatened this but at the bombers and i'm not sure he will now mate sard who cares sard he's a c-grade hooli he was bog average at Essendon, and he's just what Carlton needed. Another loose, unaccountable halfback flanker. Seriously. Yeah. Bravo. And Saad, but he can run fast. You know what <laughs> I mean? Just, it just freaking... And it astounds me. A, a side that's renowned for turning the ball over from its back line has now gone ahead and recruited Saad, who um, won't defend, has left his club because he doesn't want to defend one-on-one, who can't hit a target when he's on the run, and he was called kicking to space, Saad, at Essendon. Yeah, it's a shock-up. But my one I want is, is Zach Williams. Now, this is Carlton to a T. Why this club will never get out of the shit that it's in. Um, I don't know if Teague was overruled. But they've you know, recruited a player that's a half-back flanker that's, that's played in GWS's half-back flank all of his career, who's got a bung shoulder, and people say, oh, it's fixed. No, every off-season, every season, it acts up. So it's going to act up again. But this time, let's be smart. Let's put him in the midfield where he can get smashed on a lot more. It just doesn't make sense. It's, look, I'm not – Zach Williams is a good player, but he's not worth a million bucks or 900000 what they're paying him per season. Um, he's, a, he's a hybrid he, – he's designed to get a five – he's like to go in the sense five minutes in the midfield and then put him where he's supposed to be. Zach, five minutes in the midfield, then shove you in the back line because no one in the back line around you can kick the ball. That's how it should be. But And they've got Doherty, who's come off two re- knee reconstructions, and we heard all the shit from my cult mates. Oh, you watch his elite disposal, and when he just kicked it like a cow, oh, because he was hurt, but he'll get better this season. Have you seen Doherty's kicking in these last two games in the off-season? You know, the pre-season comp, whatever it's called. I can kick more accurately than he can. I, I, I haven't seen it, no, but uh, yeah, they, they don't. Their backline doesn't scream shit. Nah. We're in trouble, fellas. I mean, I know we do, well, I know we, we take the piss Jones, out of Weedering and Jones, Jones and but they they do actually do an okay job at keep. For some reason, they always keep Rewalt reasonably quiet and under wraps. But um, yeah. th- we are we are with the, I think with this new rule, this is our chance to actually exploit it. So Jones can't go third man up if we can keep him in a one on one situation. I think our guys might win more than win than they lose, but then at worst case they bring it to ground and we've got the small guys there. See, for me, their back line is plow. Tell me, I'm just picking their best twenty-two, which I've written down. But I've I've gone for someone like their back line, their back six to be Plowman, obviously without Williams, Plowman's Jones, Doherty, Sard, Wittering, SPS. Right. So Wittering is quality, right? They'll plop him on Lynch. Right, Jones, I'll put on Rewalt, which they always do. Yeah, that's yeah. going to allow us to exploit them. Um, we've got we've got a matchup that they're not going to really like. Um, we've got Martin. Right, what I'd be saying, we've got Caddy. Keep Caddy in the side. Go to Caddy. Okay, 
we want you to start in the first quarter. We want you to start in the midfield. We want Martin to be a full-time forward in the, for that quarter only and watch them shit themselves. And if we can get the ball quick into our forward line with Lynch, Martin and um, Rewald, we'll kick a score and they will just fall to pieces. Yeah, I think that's a fair enough call. Uh, I'm, I was just trying to think who would go to him. I don't think it really matters if I'm being brutally honest. And yeah. that's not it, just it them. Dusty's just... Uh, and if you're if Dusty is down there with Lynch and Rewald, you almost... This yeah. sounds silly, but Rewald and Lynch almost become decoys. Run the other opposite ways and leave Dusty one out and he'll burn that's right. everyone. Like, yeah, Plowman's too tall. Doherty can't run. Saad doesn't defend. And SPS, please. He will, get monster, he will get monstered by Mark if get, that happens. Oh. <laughs> It'll be like watching Dusty versus Arm. Who's that dud with the, the shit haircut? He made yeah, all the one that was for yeah, Port. fucking all Australian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe that's a travesty too. It must have been a hocking decision. Yeah, yeah. must have been. Uh, now, the, the Blues do have a, a gun genuine men, Patty, Patrick Cripps. Um, everyone would love him at their club, no doubt about it. I know we've spoken about this, not about Cripps, but just about the opposition's best midfielder week in, week out. We're not going to tag him. I mean, we know that. But is there a game plan to keep an eye on him? Do you let Jack Graham sort of shadow him a little bit like he did to Roy Sloan? Where do you guys sit with that one? He's a superstar. You can't stop him. So the best you can do is just try and block him to the best of your ability and work off him as best you can. It's his marking that's improved heaps for me. Like he's an aerial threat around the ground now, like what Nat Fife is. Yeah, no, he's a gun. Just he's, he's going to do his Cripps is going to do his thing and no one's going to be able to stop him. He's a yeah. superstar. The thing that limits Cripps, Cripps is an outright star, right? I agree with you. What I would do to nullify Cripps is put one of our guns on him. So I would put so he plays off him. So I'd put like a Martin or a Prestia. So that frees up our gun play. And I reckon see Cripps doesn't have to hurt the fact that the other um, our uh, mids if they're free have, but the player our danger player that they're sneakily and take credit to him. Hopefully other coaches have seen it because it's pretty obvious to me what he's trying to do. He shifted Walsh. Walsh is the danger. Um, you've got Fisher, but Walsh is the danger player. He's trying to get him free, right, because he's young and he's light, but he's skillful. He, he's able to hit targets by foot and by hand. He's able to read the play. He's a perfect transitional type midfielder at this stage of his development. So he's really the one that will get the ball from halfback um, or defensive side wing, and then get it into the centre corridor by hitting the right target. So he's putting him on the wing to free him up. Um, that's the player we need to have a plan for. Um, get him, get him. Yeah, yeah. I'd be putting a. I'll be putting Pickett on him, and Pickett just to body him, to run with him, and to hurt him where he can. You know, obviously in a football fashion. Yeah. Not in a illegal fashion. That's what I would do. Um, but, yeah, now he's the one for me. But looking at their midfield, Settlefield, again, this is how I see, think that they'll line up. Settlefield, which is me, I actually rate him. He's an okay depth player. Cripps, obviously, we've spoken about him. You've got Walsh, you've got Martin, Casbolt, and Murphy. Murphy's as soft as fucking Luke. Oh, Casbolt's injured, mate. Is he? He's not playing, Casbolt. No, he's injured. No, I think that Pidnet's playing. I think Kerno's the other midfielder, though, that would be. Oh, I thought Pidnet was injured. I thought Pidnet was injured. No, no, he he played in the Pracky match against St. Kilda. Oh, okay, so. my bad. I plopped that spud ruck in there. So replaces Casbolt. That's better for us, mate. That's that's huge for us. Um, and then you've got Martin. Now, Martin Martin's like our Rioli. Lots of skill, high skill ceiling, but can't come in and out of sides, um, in and out of games. Um, the difference with our Rioli is when he's 
out of games because he's running to space, he's doing off-the-ball work. Uh, Martin doesn't do that. So, yeah, I don't see their midfielder threatening ours. Just want to throw in there that they're paying someone 900k to be in and out of games. Anyway, um, well, they're paying they're paying Williams 900 <laughs> yeah, games to do cheap sniper hits um, and sit on the bench. Having said that, with Jack Martin, um, he, he he's starting to play more up forward, and he is dangerous up there. He does have good yeah, goal sense. CB Liam Baker is he the man? Um. Depends how the how they're using Martin. Whether he does pushing, he was pushing the midfield late last year. Um, I could see short or yeah, I, I, I could see three blokes playing on him actually, just depending on how how the game's going for us. But you, you would think Baker or short for sure. Um, I reckon. Sorry, Sammy, yeah. go, go no, ahead, no, no, I, I just think it's out, it's out of short or um, Baker out of the I two would, to play on him. I reckon we'll lose too much if we put. Um, Baker on him because Baker is really starting to do that rebound game um, and doing the small intercept role really, really well. Like he always seems to be the one that crumbs off our big tools and gets the ball out. So I'm loving that. I would put Martin doesn't like a close checking body on body um, defender. Hates it. Hates it with a passion. So I would probably go Vloston is my first choice, but if Vloston starts giving away head high free kicks, which he's prone to do, I would switch Grimes because I see I see Martin as yeah they got Fisher and he had a great year last year right but someone like Fisher he's funny enough he's got to sound like I'm going to contradict myself but give me a second here I'd put Baker on Fisher because Fisher um, will worry when Baker um, plays off him will start to stress and Fisher can't defend so he's not great one on one. Um, Baker's just as creative as quick as Fisher. They're around about the same height. So I'd put Baker and Fisher. I'd put, and I'd put someone like a Grimes um, on Grimes of Loston on um, on Martin, and that will yeah stop him because the other ones that they've got like uh, uh, Dow McKay. McKay's a tall, obviously Asbury Betts. Mate, he's he's old. I mean, like I, I admire his career. He's just gone a season too long, Betts. Yeah, he's, he still can cause trouble, but, I mean, we've played ah. against him long enough to know how to yeah. handle him. But um, the other one you touched on was an, another matchup I had written down, Harry Mackay versus Noah Bolter. I don't think Ashby's going to go to him. I think they're going to give it to Noah. Um, that's going to be a huge contest, being their, their main focal point. But in a similar vein to what you were saying about Baker, I think the the big panic for Carlton could be when Noah Bolter starts m- making offensive plays and running off Harry. Yeah. Who, who's gonna, who's Ashby going to go on? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Pitinet if he goes down there, I don't you know, know. Maybe maybe he does. I don't. I just feel like Bolt is the better matchup for Mackay. No, they've, they've got they've got the Coning. They've got they've got they've got two. They've got McCain and as their two tools. So so don't be surprised if um maybe <coughs> uh Coning's a bit more quicker and agile than McKay. Don't be surprised if Bolter actually takes um Coning and uh, Asprey does Asprey take takes the gorilla. Yeah. And um, I think Dylan Grimes will have to take Silvani. That's yeah, what Sil- I think. Silvani, I have, I'll say this because, you know, if any Colton supporters are listening, try to show a bit unbiased. I actually are starting to rate Silvani. He, no. He's, now, hold on, hold on. He's taken a while. Yeah, he's taken – but you can understand why, you know, his dad, da-da-da-da-da-da. But he's, he's showing football traits now. Um, I've seen the two pre-season – one pre-season game that he's been on, obviously very small sample size. But he's the only one in that forward line that works – if they put Gibbons in, he's be number two – that works selflessly. What I mean is 
yeah, they might not be stars, but their work rate cannot be questioned. Um, and that's he's, a big he's, he's, yeah. he's close to Alex Silvani and Steve. Um, but the thing is, is that no, nah, but yeah, yeah, we can do the pot shots, and you know, I'll giggle with you. But see, Colton's not known to be a workman like side, right? They don't work for each other hard enough. Um, Silvani does, right? So you know, I I, I like him as a player. You know, I fucking said it. <laughs> You're going to get flamed on Twitter. This is going to be huge. Yeah, I like somebody. <laughs> Fuck you all. <laughs> but yeah, I think Grimes will be a good matchup for him. And look, Grimes is going to do Grimes things, isn't he? He's going to yeah, he's going to play. Up. He's going to into sets. Um, oh, he's going to rip into shreds. He's a known quantity, so yeah, uh, we love Grimes. He's a gun. The last point I had before, if you guys had anything else to add, was uh, given Jaden Short's game versus the Pies, with was it 43 disposal or something like that? Do we think? that triggers Carlton to look at playing a defensive forward on him to try and curb his influence, or do they just let him do what he what he does? I don't think they've got a player to go on him to play that role, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, they don't. They'll, they'll go the flood. They'll do what they've done every every year we've smashed them. Every game we've had, other than one or two, we've jumped out of the blocks on them in periods of game. I'm not saying first quarter, but it might be in the second or the third. We've just smashed them like they're real relevant. They'll training hats. The same thing will happen, and then they'll go the mega flood. And they'll go to Scrag and they'll do the same thing because they haven't got the tools yet to match our, our weapons. They haven't got enough of their their weapons that counteract ours. The only way they can win this is if we lose it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah that no, makes, sense. makes sense. Oh, right, well, they're the only points I had. Have you guys got anything, anything else you yeah, want to add to, no, to the game? I want to do me round one team. Oh shit! Yeah, I've, I've just not I've misread my own notes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, who are you going to do both, or just are we doing just Richmond? I'm just doing Richmond. I can't right. shit about Carlton. No, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so you're going to name your starting team for a round one. Yep, you Go betcha. For From the back line, I have Grimes, Astbury, Baker. Half back line, Vlosten, Bolter, Short. Centre line, McIntosh, Martin, Caddy. Half forward line, Castagna, Rewalt, Edwards. Full forward line, Arts, Lynch, Bolton. The followers, Nankervis, Totchen, Prestia. My interchange is Broad, Graham, Lambert, Pickett. And my concussion sub is Rioli. Ooh. Wow, yeah, okay. It's... Rioli missing, okay. Uh, Tiggs, who have you got for your starting lineup for the Tigers? Yeah, I was in exactly the same quandary as um, CB. Um, where do you fit Rioli? So, um, you know, it's all open knowledge that CB doesn't like Rioli and loves Pickett. So, <laughs> you know, he's dropped off Rioli, slags him off all the time. Oh, no. you know, and I just try to treat Rioli as, you know, kicking four goals in a, in a preliminary ship. Getting I, I picked that team line. from I picked that team from Groupie's Dungeon. Yeah, <laughs> my my, yeah. my only difference between CB because I didn't have the heart to drop Rioli. I think he's a barometer of our side. Um, you know, he's off to more work, so it's nothing against Pickett. But I've replaced um, I've pushed Bolton in the midfield, um, and I've put Bolton in the midfield and um, uh, taken out Pickett and put in Rioli. Um, so yeah. I think the I think both of those are pretty valid options that the selection committee could go down. So it's a, a good problem to have. 
Yeah, but it really shows the depth we have. And it's not just it's not just depth in the sense yeah, these they're okay players. It's fucking frightening. We've got across the line seriously good players. Yeah. Seriously good players. They aren't they aren't, mate. I don't want to say they're not recognized like a mate of mine, Gary is a mad Colton supporter. Um, we had a beer this Arvo, and he loves to save off our team, but I got him in an honest moment. It, it, you know, it was a rare fucking honest moment. And he said, fucking, he'll take any of our players, any of the starting 22, because I was getting the help and work at 22. Every name I was listing, he's going, yeah, I'll fucking have him. Yeah, I'll have him. So, yeah, no, it's scary good. All right, well, that's just about a wrap. We've got to do predictions, and I think we need to be held to account a bit more this year yeah. predictions as per Toronto Tiger like CB. on yeah, Twitter. Well, CB seems to have a new method this year, which is which is going to be interesting. So I might yeah. leave you to last, CB, so you can bring us home. So, Tiggs, what's your tip and margin for this one? Look, uh, my method's changed slightly. I, I had a coconut, warm coconut bar, so what I've done during the podcast is rub my left buttock you know, just to get the texture. But what it also does, it, it, it tingles my fingers and it lets, and through the tingling, I can sort of denounce and see a little bit about the future. So I'm going to go with my prediction. Um, I'm going to think it's going to be Richmond. Uh, we'll blow them We'll blow them away for a period of the game, and but then we'll do what we normally do, is bench a few players, change it up, put a couple of kids, all that sort of stuff, change positions to protect for injury. They'll come back, but they'll still lose around about the 22 to 24 point mark. That'd be our win. All right. I reckon we will win by, I'll say, 21 points in a similar vein to you. I think I think that we'll, at one period, be winning by a bit, but it just always happens. They peg a few goals back, and it's just one of those things for round one. It just doesn't stop the end of the world, but um, expecting a hot contest very early on. Um, but uh, I think our leaders are going to step up and shine. CB, bring us home with your prediction. Well, look, as you know, I kidnapped Dexter from the Channel 10 set and um, I fixed up the flux capacitator and you always hear, listen to the science, believe the science. Well, I'm using science this year, right? So you can't, Tiger, Trailgun Tiger, I'm using science. I want you to hear this. So I have tipped Richmond to win by 24 plus 60. To 84 points. Yep. <laughs> Fucking science. Good stuff, man. Science. Oh, no. Don't blame me. Don't blame me. Science. Blame Dexter, right? I'm just feeding the flux capacitator, and he told me that that was the margin in that formula, 24 plus 60. I said, okay, that's science. Can I ask a question for the listeners? Because I'm sure that they're um, – I can sort of, you know, just sense the question that they're desperate to ask you, CB. Um, because you mentioned your flux capacitor, you're inserting that into Dexter. Has Dexter got his mouth open? <laughs> <laughs> a good a good putter never uh, gives away secrets there, Tix. <laughs> because that explains why you tipped the way it was. It was 24, but then it just went really high. Yeah. And amazing, you know, it, to the end, it just exploded. I'm, I'd like to think I'm brave by believing the science. I think I need to write these down and document it somewhere. So you've gone 84, I've gone 21. What did you say, Tix? 27? I said 22. 22. I said 22. Okay, well, so technically, yeah. technically, it's not as bad as you're saying because I split it. It's 24 plus 60, right? That's a good justification. <laughs> yeah, I went 22 to 24, but if I've got to be held on it, yeah, I'll say 22. All right, all right. Uh, <laughs> I've, written, I've written that down. We'll, we'll document that somehow. We'll, we'll have to, if anyone's got maybe an idea for a punishment for whoever's the worst 
margin tipper for the week. Nothing too ridiculous. We're not driving down to Geelong. Um, then, yeah, if you think of anything, let us know. Yet. I'm more than happy. Yeah, yet, yet. We've just got to get the equipment sorted first. But no, that's a wrap for a round one preview. It's not, it's great to be back with footy happening on Thursday night, 7.25pm at the G. Um, good luck to everyone attending. Stay safe. Do all the COVID smart things. Um, and enjoy the, the two flags being unfurled. I'm very jealous. Um, but it's going to be just amazing to have an atmosphere and just be super loud and just get stuck right into them. So. Can I ask any of our followers on Twitter or anyone listening, if you can and you're at the ground, please take a photo of the the two uh, the, the unfurling of the two flags and post it on Twitter and just tag me into it, please. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to use it as my screen um, as my screen saver for my computer. In fact, anyone who's there, if you're taking a photo, just if you see you want to take a photo of the banner, whatever, just let's post the photos up there, tag us in just to celebrate being back at Life Footy. I think it's a great thing to have um, back in Melbourne. So Yeah, any photos, you know, women's breasts, you know, no, players, whatever, no. just shoot them across. No, don't do that. Just the footy <laughs> ones is fine. Uh, so enjoy everyone, and we'll be watching the game with very keen interest, and Fantastic. hopefully we can get four points and get off to a cracking start for oh, 2021. We got, we, who, who we got round two? Hawthorne, I think. Yeah, Hawks. Well, isn't, isn't, isn't round two technically round one because we got JLT3 on Thursday? <laughs> that's it. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. And we owe the Hawks. I, I can't see us losing a game. Oh, uh, no, it. don't no, we'll do that, Mick Malthouse. No, Jeez, yeah, Mick Malthouse. No, but look, I, I'm really bullish about, you know, it's the first game, but just get, let's do something else on record. Um, let's make a prediction who you won't reckon is going to be premiers, right? Because I'm actually going to go now early so it's documented. Yeah, I reckon we're going to win the. Fl- we're going to make the grand final. I reckon. Yeah, lock it in. We're making the grand final. Wow. Okay. I, I want that on the record. I want that down. Fifteenth of March, nine forty-two p.m. Tiggs yeah, is yeah. saying we're making the grand final. Injury dependent, obviously. Like if we lose Martin and, and all the other players, then you know it is what it is. But if we've got a full list or norm, a normal list, you know, with a few injuries, but at that time of year, um, we'll make the grand final, no doubt. I, I'd be happy to take that every day of the week. Yeah, we're stronger this year than any other year since and our play. And if Martin's improved and gotten better, then God help some of the yeah. teams who don't pay him enough attention. Oh, God. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right. Well, that is a wrap for the round one preview, fellas. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, we got there in the end. We got over the technology speed hump and we got the show out. So thanks for joining us, fellas. Until next time, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.